Hello, I'm Angela. And I'm Marie, the second half of this mother and daughter team. Welcome to Chalker Checkups. We're here to guide you on your quest for spiritual knowledge and enlightenment. Good morning, wake up. <laughs> are we dreaming or are we really awake? Or is it the same thing? Didn't you say that the Hopi Indians had a theory about dreaming? Well, almost all Indian cultures have the idea that the dreams are very, very important and that a lot of your spiritual um, teaching happens in the dream state. The dream world is very important. And this is the, but they also think that some of them think that this, we're in a dream. And then this isn't this, this world that we are in our physical world is even maybe less important in some ways than when you are dreaming. Kind of like the matrix. We're all plugged in and. uh... Yeah, I think so. It is a little bit like the matrix and maybe that's true. I mean, maybe that's true. One thing that I agree, uh, well, I don't disagree with anything that the Native Americans are saying, but they say that you aren't dreaming with your mind or your body. You're dreaming with your soul when you're lucid dreaming. Mm. And I tend to agree with that because you're out of body. Your mind and your body is asleep on your pillow, unconscious, and your soul is not the unconscious part. Your soul is the more conscious part. It's your soul that is dreaming. It is your soul that's walking around on the astral and or is in another dimension. So people that are trying to connect to lucid dreaming, what they're really trying to connect to is a more tangible and physical and lucid connection to their soul body. So... Is lucid dreaming just being aware of that state when you're out of body while sleeping? Partly, yes. Lucid dreaming is, there is dreaming with the soul. There's other things that you can do in your soul body. And you can be walking around on the astral and remember it. And that is not necessarily a dream. You could be doing work on the astral. Um, this is something that I know that I do and I have consciousness of, not all the time, but often. I go and I do some work with someone or do something on the astral and it's not a dream. I'm mm-hmm. working in another dimension and the part of me that's working is my soul. I'm not there in my physical body. So what are we talking about when we're talking about lucid dreaming? We're talking about being in a state of consciousness so that you know what your soul is doing and your soul can be having various different types of dreams within that state. And if you remember them, then it's considered lucid dreaming. You, you probably would be doing the same thing whether or not you remember it, but if you have the memory of it, then you're considered a lucid dreamer. Okay. So is there different stages of dreaming? Well, there there are and there are different there are different aspects of lucid dreaming and but there's also different stages of dreaming altogether. 
if you just fall asleep and you're dreaming and it's all muddled and kind of confused, what you're doing is you're not lucid dreaming. You're processing your thoughts, your day, your worries, uh, thought forms, all of that. And those types of dreams are usually, at least to my experience, somewhat jumbled and nonsensical. You can also, within that state, you could have a dream that you're dreaming from your mind where it becomes a little bit clearer and it has a little bit more of a pattern or something to it or a little bit more of a storyline. But then sometimes you will be, you'll be dreaming and you'll suddenly, in your dream, move from this sort of mixed, muddled consciousness into a very clear, very awake consciousness while you were still dreaming. And things become very sharp looking, the lines become very clear, things sparkle. You know that you're dreaming, you know that you're asleep. You have a, a good awareness of everything around you. And that's when, from my point of view, you've made that jump into lucid dreaming. When things become like crystal clear. Yes, crystal clear. You're, you seem to have um, a lot of mental awareness of what is going on. Mm -hmm. You're not muddled in your mind. At that point, you may be dreaming and you may be doing something else on the astral. Also at that point, what you probably have done, if someone was able to see the whole picture, that would probably be the point where your soul has completely left your body, gone into another dimension, and you're now in a, in a state of astral travel, soul projection, and you're going on from there. Cool. I think that, you know, sometimes people have these strange dreams of falling. And I think that when they dream that they're suddenly falling or they're flying and they suddenly fall and they hit the bed, that's when the reverse happens, that you're out there and you're in a lucid dream and you have this connection. And then for some reason, something might trigger uh, a sense of urgency and you rapidly come back. And that sense of falling is just your soul very quickly coming into your body yeah okay i guess that that actually would make a lot of sense to me because it always feels like you get slammed back it probably maybe you got scared maybe you heard something outside maybe you saw something on the astral that was unusual that's very easy to have that happen and so suddenly you go wow this you know i better get home so yeah. there's a, this very quick return Mm -hmm. and and that feels like falling because you literally are moving through a, a lot of dimensions and moving pretty fast and then bam you're back in your body and it's not uncommon when you astral travel in meditation or anything else to, to sometimes when you come back have this impact feeling mm -hmm. so i think that's why some people have that i think that people that are having that a lot if they became c comfortable with the idea that 
this isn't a falling dream. This is just me on the astral. And there's a lot more I could see if I relax with it. They might just suddenly flip over to a higher state of lucid dreaming and have a lot more memory. Like while someone's falling in a dream, they might be able to switch that around if they weren't like as scared of it. Well, I'm, I'm sort of talking about afterwards. Like if that happened, let's say that happened last night and you say to yourself, Oh, okay. But now I realize that that was just me in my astral body in my soul body moving around mm -hmm. and I came back quickly. The fact that you become more aware of what's going on can sometimes trigger even a broader sense of awareness. So then what about like other types of night terrors or reoccurring kind of like bad dreams that people have? Do those have any kind of meaning that you know of? Well, there's several things I can think of that it could relate to. Um, one thing, unfortunately, I think sometimes night terrors have to do with uh, someone in the family, and it could be someone that has passed, or it could be somebody that is just living in the household, has very dark energy, or and they're attracting either dark thought forms or minor demons or sometimes major demons to them. Mm. And somebody goes to sleep typically a child goes to sleep and they're they have a high level of awareness and they're wandering into this landscape where it is scary uh -huh. a lot of these entities and demons i've seen many hundreds of them in my lifetime maybe thousands a lot of them and they're never pleasant to look at they're they are kind of creepy and scary and that would be really scary for a child and i think that a child that is having this ongoing it's because there's something dark around in the house the neighborhood you know the family something that they're encountering something in their environment yeah a thought form a part of the consciousness something attached to somebody and i do readings all the time and see dark energies attached to people mm -hmm. but if you were a little kid and that was your mom or your dad, you go to sleep. A lot of times kids, they would tend to be gravitating towards their parents or other family members. And if somebody had something dark, then, you know, you go to see mommy and what you see is a, a big entity or something that would trigger something like a night terror. Yeah. So, and then I had a dream once where I kind of became frozen like I was camping and I had gone to sleep early. And then after I went to sleep, an entire group of people came to the campsite and set up at like 10 or 11 PM and then started to party around me. And I w became like very aware in my sleep of like what was going on outside. Kind of heard somebody attempt enter my tent I think they just thought that it was their own or they were drunk or they confused because I could also hear their friends being like that's not yours and I couldn't wake myself up to say hey this isn't your tent I'm in here I'm sleeping <laughs> um, and I felt like very stuck and 
couldn't wake myself up and couldn't say anything. I think the surprise in, of what they were doing just caught you off guard and you're more comfortable with the fact that you have just this mental consciousness, maybe not quite so comfortable with that you're in your soul consciousness. And in that split second, you didn't quite make a, an easy transition back to your physical consciousness and kind of got panicked. So you kind of froze in panic. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Probably, probably no danger. It's just that you not, you're not quite comfortable going back and forth in transition. Uh -huh. One of the things that is, is good about some of the uh, native American ceremonies with peyote and also the South American ceremonies with ayahuasca is that they tend to have people moving from one dimension to the other. And people that do that a few times, then they get kind of a more fluid feeling. It's sort of like when you start driving a car and you're kind of driving and you're jumping and putting on the brakes and it's not very smooth, but then after a while, no problem. You know, mm -hmm. you're merging onto the freeway with no problem. <laughs> <laughs> just like that after a few easy steps well it's true because once once you grasp the concept yes this is me i'm in my soul i'm okay it's all good then there isn't that hesitation or fear or jumping back or going back and forth or you know no biggie uh-huh i'm on the astral this is nothing new here not that like there isn't a lot to explore there is but the feeling, the transition is becomes very simple. Uh-huh. And then remembering your dreams is probably more of a function of how tired you are physically or what kind of shape your brain is in than any resistance to being a lucid dreamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because lucid dreaming and being aware of your dreams, do you get less sleep when you're lucid dreaming? Well, your body's unconscious. But a lot of times, if you're doing a tremendous amount on the astral, then you could wake up more tired than when you went to bed. Okay. And I've told people, and I probably said this on other podcasts, sometimes you have to tell your angels, hey, the, enough already. I need like three nights of physical sleep. So just let's not do anything on the astral, no lucid dreaming, no astral travel for a few nights because I have to have more sleep. Because your angels aren't in a physical place and they don't know how you're doing physically. Uh -huh. So if you're having a lot of vivid dreams and you're exhausted all the time, you need to talk to your management team, angel <laughs> one, angel two, <laughs> and set up a different sleep schedule. <laughs> and then you'll have more lucid, lucid dreams and you'll wake up less, less exhausted. Yeah. I do that all the time. I say, oh, I don't want to do anything tonight, but just sleep. And then I yeah. sleep better. How does someone have more lucid dreaming? Well, for one thing, you can, you can do some physical things that will help you. I mean, exercising before you go to sleep is really good because it helps to build endorphins. Some people that they, um, they don't dream and they haven't dreamed for a long time is it is not necessarily a, uh, spiritual problem it could be a physical problem because there's been so much stress mm -hmm. so 
your body, you need a certain level of serotonin in your brain in order to, to dream or to remember your dreams. And I used to have a, uh, what I call a uh, lucid dreaming formula is I'd have people take um, 5-HTP, 5-hydroxy-L-tryptophan. It sounds really chemical, but it's actually from made from the graphonia seed of this little, this plant. And what that is, it's the food that you need to feed your brain in order to metabolize or to have serotonin. Okay, cool. And if you I feel like I want to take that just to have more serotonin. <laughs> yeah, because people with, with more higher serotonins or normal serotonin levels, they don't have weight problems. They have less anxiety. They're sleeping better. They're dreaming more. Yeah, cool. So I would recommend people, and I've done this, I, I call it, you know, a sparkle dream formula for me because it calms them down, but it makes their brain sharper. Okay. And some people think valerian's a great sleeping compound. It's okay for that. But for for some psychic people, it does bring so much mental acuity to their brain that they have trouble sleeping with it. But a little bit of it mixed with 5-HDP and then kava kava, then you've got this kind of sparkle dream formula. What does the kava kava do? Well, kava kava is an antispasmatic. It, it really helps with helping your body to relax and letting spasm and tension go out of your body. A lot of people were taking kava kava just because it makes you feel really good and, and makes you want to, you know, party and talk to people and get out of your shell. But uh, when I was living in an area where they weren't, people were not giving their kids whooping cough vaccinations and the kids or the grandparents were getting whooping cough, kava kava was one of the things that I could give them to calm down the coughing because it's a great antispasmodic, but it also does make you feel good. It gives you this kind of I just love to sit and chat with you for all night long feeling mm -hmm. and come in combination with valerian 5-HTP. It just seems to produce good ability to lucid dream. So you would take these kind of with your nighttime medication? Yeah, in the yeah. afternoon or evening. And afternoon. it's not something that you're going to get the greatest effect in the first day because 5-HTP has to build up in your brain a little bit before you start getting higher levels of serotonin. Uh -huh. But I had lots of people when I had the herb shop, I had lots of people that come back and said, yeah, that was great. I want more of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've used that myself. So I think from one of the other podcasts, you were saying to communicate with your angels, your, your guides and ask for more awareness. Tell them you want to remember your, your dreams. You want to be aware of your when you're in a state of lucid dreaming willingness is very high uh you know very close to uh, enlightenment and when you declare that you're willing and wanting something then you'll get the cooperation of your angels and um it also makes you aware that you're making a choice i think some people believe that dreaming is something that there's no choice in and actually one of the things you can train yourself to do and i did this very early on I tell myself before I go to sleep, if I feel like there's something bothering my dreams, I'll be aware of it. If it's something that's disturbing, I'll change it. So you kind of 
tell yourself to manage your own dreamscape when you were sleeping and develop the concept and, and in fact, the ability to change the content of your dreams. So if I start to dream something and it's not pleasant, I'll just say, oh, this isn't good. I'm going to go to a different dream and just move on. After you had said that in the first episode, then I started talking to my angels more and uh, I hadn't dreamed in a while. And then I think the first night I did have a pretty lucid dream and it was kind of trippy. It was like I was in the, the top of a skyscraper and there was like a big tidal wave like outside. And I kind of felt like, again, like a little bit trapped in the top of this skyscraper like I felt like I could move around but there wasn't really anywhere to go so some some dreams you can be in a lucid dream that is a prophecy uh-huh and so it's possible that that could be a prophecy but probably not more common there are certain earth type events that people they know that they happen they know that they could happen again and they have a lot of fear and anxiety about them happening. And these, whether you've got a big population in, in a small area, I had this myself when I was living in Hawaii. All of those people are pretty aware that if there was a tidal wave, there's no place to go. They're, they're trapped on this island and that's it. They're going to get really wet or die. So there's this tidal wave dream that people have in Hawaii. And at the first couple of times I had it, I'm like, wow, I want to leave this island right away. Yeah. <laughs> but then I talked to a few people and they go, oh, you had the tidal wave dream. Well, no problem, Pally. You know, <laughs> everybody has that. So it's kind of just like a, a group thought form that you're picking up that's just out into the world, like all of these yeah, it's the a- world theories of different things. Yes, there's certain big fears and and thoughts tend to gravitate towards similar thoughts and they bunch together and they make a thought form and sometimes they even make an entity. That's how those things happen. So if there are a whole bunch of people on, for example, on Hawaii thinking that, wow, when we know that someday a tidal wave is going to come and when it comes, it's going to be big and it's going to cover the buildings and they're all thinking this every one of those thoughts tends to coalesce to the other thoughts. And then there's this thought form just hanging around that physical area and you go to sleep and you're not used to that. And you suddenly are dreaming that and you're like, wow, that's the biggest wave I've ever seen. It just went over everything, you know? Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing after I had that dream, I was actually talking to a friend of mine who had started uh, some lucid dreaming after talking to you. And he said a very similar thing that he kind of had, I think he was like in the middle of a desert or something, but it was a very similar theme of like, there was something and like an end of the world event with water or something like that. I can't remember exactly what he said, but. Well, and they're talking about in these programs about history and and geology about there were major endings in Uh the past that that has happened so it's something that could be in your consciousness from 
a distant past life, you know, or something that, you know, you, you were killed in. I mean, they had that, we had that one big, um, in Indonesia, that one big tidal wave and 230,000 people died. So that's, that's 230,000 people that are going to probably in their next lifetimes or many lifetimes have dreams of big waves. Yeah. And for good reason, it was a major trauma and they lost their life. At the same time, when something like that happens, other people watch that and they go, see, there, there are big waves that are going to come and destroy <laughs> everything. And then they go to sleep and they have a lucid dream of a big wave. because, But not because it's going to happen, but because they accessed the thought form. Sensical ones that might not mean anything compared to, you know, maybe you're picking up on these thought forms to working with a guide or something that maybe has more importance when you're having again this is my experience when you're having a there's several types of of dreams you could have you could have a teaching dream you could have a thought form dream you could have a prophecy dream now a teaching dream they are usually unbelievably crystal clear and they can stay in your consciousness and your mind for 20 or 30 years and you close your eyes and think about that dream and it's just as clear as if when you woke up with it the first time i had a teaching dream like that one time where i dreamed i was sitting in meditation and there was a big you know glass window where i was meditating and i looked out and across this very big valley, you know, big distance, a long distance, on a hilltop was a giant deer, a buck with the big antlers. And that deer looked up and his eyes met mine. And I saw his eyes and he saw my eyes. And I had a sense of who he was and what he meant and what he was meant to be on this planet. And I felt that he had the same sense of me cool it was cool i never wanted to eat deer after that ever I, <laughs> yeah i just... could imagine that might be a little bit hard once you have a deeper understanding of right. this other creature <laughs> right it was like this mind meld with this giant buck it was it was very awesome and even now when i talk about that i get chills through my body and i can see it vividly and that was at least 20 years maybe 30 years ago uh-huh. so when you have a lucid teaching dream you don't forget it or you don't forget it easily Uh and that's one of the reasons encourage lucid dreaming in their in their life because you get these incredible teachings and sort of knowings and you never know what that's going to be but it's always a a real gift Mm -hmm. and you don't want to miss that Mm -hmm. so we were on the question of how can you tell the difference between all these types of dreams Well, that's how you tell the difference of that kind of dream. It's long lasting. It's crystal clear. Uh, There was no real prophecy in that. It was just Mm -hmm. a a kind of a knowing. It's kind of a something that they're trying to teach you. And you might not always understand what they're trying to teach you. I had a lucid dream where I was looking at the Sahara Desert in the moonlight 
And I saw this little mouse and the mouse was sort of semi-terrified and it was like hopping across the sand and this giant cobra was coming after that. And I remember I asked uh, a friend of mine, a psychic, I said, what do you think about that? She said, I think that's a terrific dream. I said, well, what does it mean? I said, "What? what's the mouse? She said, the mouse is you. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, what's with the cobra? She says, that's your kundalini. <laughs> what else would it be? <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. interesting. You're being <laughs> swallowed by your kundalini energy? Well, we're pursued in a way, it seems okay. like. <laughs> but, uh, but it's still, again, a very, very vivid, vivid picture in my mind. And now when I think of it, I see it completely clear. So those are like teaching dreams. Yeah. Now, if you, you can have a prophecy or you can have a thought form dream, and it's very difficult to tell the difference of them because they're both like an event or something that's going to happen. And the aftermath, most likely a prophecy dream doesn't repeat itself over and over again. A lot of times a thought form dream, you kind of get caught in that thought form and you might have it, you know, that same dream. I remember when I was in Hawaii, I must have had that big wave dream about seven or eight times. And then I said, enough of this already. We're shutting this one down. I'm not going to have this big wave dream anymore. Right. But but I did have this dream one time where there was a massive earthquake that hit San Diego, California. And I was looking at it and I was going, wow, there's hardly a piece of sidewalk that's more than a foot across anymore. Things got really broken up. And I felt like that is a prophecy dream. And I still do feel like that dream might be something that is going to happen at some point. Uh-huh. The thing is, with a prophecy dream, you almost never know the timing. It can be 20 years, 30 years, tomorrow. It's hard to know. Then you very, very kind of feeling that it was compared to, like, the reoccurring thought forms. Like, how? what makes you think that one was different? There was, well, in that particular dream, there was this actually looking at the aftermath. There was going to happen. It did happen. And then people were examining the you know infrastructure that was broken down and i was witnessing that okay but but again it's a fine line it isn't it isn't that easy to determine Uh and a lot of psychics myself included tend to try to block prophecy dreams because it is difficult to to determine that and there's not a real upside to having a lot of those. I, I think people that want to watch earth changes and, and dream about them constantly are very brave because it's kind of disturbing. Mm-hmm. So I tend to shut that sort of thing down. I try to avoid prophecies. I have had prophecies about people awake and asleep, and I have had them happen. And I generally just, nope, I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. It's just a personal choice. There are very few psychics in the world that can actually tell you, you know, at 9.45 a.m. on, you know, June 17th, this is going to happen. Right. That's, that's a 
that's a mega rare, extremely rare ability. There's only been a few people in the history of the earth that can do that. It, and it doesn't, it's not useful to just go running around telling everybody move out of San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Although I won't move there, but <laughs> anyone would listen. So what's the point? That's right. Exactly. You know, but uh, you might just get yourself into some trouble or something. Yeah. So you can't always tell. You can't always tell. There are dreams when you're not dreaming that you're working and you're doing something that is work. And those, those are more practical. And the way you can tell that that's happening is that there are starts and stops like when you're doing a job. And it is more like a workplace. And there'll be more interaction with other people on the astral. Okay. So, for example, when my sister died, my sister was a drug addict. And when she died, I, I was there. Her parents were there. Um, grandparent and several other angels and we were all watching her in this really agitated state she died while taking meth so she was still caught in that energy and we were all there and there and the angels are looking at me you know what do you want to do about this and, and we're all <laughs> trying to decide you know how to handle this very distraught and disturbed an ill person that had died in the middle of a drug thing. Yeah. So that it was very lucid for me, disturbing, but lucid. And, uh, but there was this interaction with the angels and asking questions and going back and forth. And, you know, just like you would do in any kind of a, like a hospital room trying to help someone. Yeah. A hospital or a corporate setting or something when you're interacting because there's something being done. That is not much different from when I was talking in another podcast about my conversation I had sitting down with the angels talking about the people that had died in the concentration camps in Germany. Right. It's, it's a conversation there. It's like a conversation or like a working environment where you're figuring things out. And there are many, 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 many people that are on the astral that need help. And they're so uh, the odds of if you're a highly developed psychic of you not doing any kind of work on the astral is very low. You just if might not be very aware of it. You might not be very aware of it, but probably is happening. And if you were willing to be aware of it, you may you you may start to remember it more. I think part of the reason you don't remember it is because you do need to rest and to come if you're out there on the astral working all night long in your soul body. And then you had the whole memory of everything you just did and you wake up, that would be even more exhausting. Uh -huh. So it's a little bit more comfortable sometimes to not have the consciousness of it. Sometimes you will have a dream where you are, you are, astral traveling and you're having the lucid experience of that so you will be flying around mm -hmm. flying through the sky flying through buildings stopping here quickly deciding to go someplace else suddenly you're in another place then flying to another place um doing something and then coming back and then boom you're back in your body that's a that is a, a lucid experience of you 
moving through the astral, astral traveling. Yeah, so how do we have more awareness of our lucid dreaming? There's an exercise that I did for a while before I went to bed, and I don't even remember who told me about this. Uh, one teacher or yoga or someone had told me, but I honestly don't remember. I, not that I don't want to give them credit. I don't remember who it was. But what you do when you're going to sleep, you're laying in your bed, and instead of just trying to black out, you sit there and you in in you say, okay, uh, here I am. I'm laying in the bed. I am awake and I'm going to go to sleep. Now I'm awake and I'm starting to go to sleep. I'm awake and I'm almost totally asleep. I'm awake and I am asleep. And the idea is to keep a level of consciousness as you make that transition from awake to asleep, but still maintain a certain level of consciousness. I did that because I had heard that it helped you to learn how to astral travel. And it did help me learn to have more consciousness of my astral travel. And it also sort of upped the game with my lucid dreaming. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work right away. And most of the time what you do is you wake up thinking all I remember last night is saying I'm awake and I'm not, you know, I'm, <laughs> and I'm going to sleep and then you are asleep. <laughs> but but it did seem to make a difference. Um, and people could try that, see, see what happens, let us know. But uh, the other thing that helps is definitely to talk to your angels and say, I am willing and wanting to be conscious of what I do on the astral and when I am lucid dreaming. So tonight, when I go to sleep, help me to have a conscious memory of that when I wake up. And I can tell you that one works because when I started doing that, I was remembering a lot more of my dreams. It definitely works. Asking your angels to help you with something is always a good choice. Uh -huh. And they don't know what you want. But if they realize that you want this, then that's probably an easy ask for them. Uh -huh. Because all you're saying is, I want to be more conscious. And consciousness is a good thing. <laughs> Overall, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't see any downside to lucid dreaming. I don't see any downside to remembering what you're being taught on uh, by your masters in the on the astral or your experiences as you move around the universe. Dimensions are a big part of our actual lives. Um, and they have a lot of influence on our spirit and our daily life more than people realize. Mm -hmm. So having more consciousness about it is a good thing. There's no, I can see no downside. I sure makes Unless, it a lot more interesting. Yes. Unless you're that poor kid. <laughs> what was that article we saw that a, a, a child or a teenager described oh. to his parents? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you said that um, I was trying to reverse search a course. What possible course could someone be out there that, um, trying to teach for thousands of dollars how to astral travel? What came up was 
a study of a boy that was lucid dreaming and they called it the the OBEs the out-of-body experiences and the medical diagnosis was a disassociation disorder (laughs) (laughs) well it's actually not funny I mean it's only funny because it's so ridiculous it's not funny for this poor boy I know I I mean with a different parent I mean if he'd come to me and said oh mom I was sleeping and I saw myself laying on the bed and I saw myself above the bed and I was flying around I'd go cool well that's yeah (laughs) what do you want for breakfast (laughs) I I wouldn't take him off to a neurosurgeon and and load him up on drugs you know it was a completely natural very typical um experience for a psychic child to have unfortunately in his case he he got it got it named and he got drugged and that's just very very sad in that regard but what uh, that that's a typical thing that can happen yeah so i guess and, it's important to remember that these are normal experiences and just not to be afraid of them <laughs> right they're very normal very normal and it's important to kind of remember when your kids are saying you know something i saw something in the room i saw something you know whatever not to say well that doesn't exist or you know do you have a temperature just listen to them and say hey wow that that's interesting how did that feel for you um has this happened before is this the first time you know were you scared maybe we should talk to your angels you know don't make them into a a neurotic or schizophrenic kid and and drag and drug them i mean that's just really sad well, and I feel like the more that you tell your anybody that it doesn't exist, then they don't feel like they can talk to you about things too. So just, I think it's better to open that line of communication with somebody that's trying to communicate with you. I'd say about 85% of all the times I talked to someone I thought was more in the know when I was a child and when I was a teenager, I thought they were, they knew more than me. They would tell me whatever I was asking about. I was either too young to have that experience. Experience didn't exist or I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. But sometimes and sometimes you can have a dream that is is a prophecy or a dream about something's going to happen that isn't necessarily a bad. I mean, I my parents set up a seminar series with a bunch of people that were going to come to our house uh for 10 days uh, for the whole day and do this series of teachings with this guru. And they decided that because of the way I am, I'm old enough, I could join this group of adults and do this. And the teacher told everyone um, a couple weeks before it started, what, pay attention to your dreams, pay attention to what you're dreaming, write them down because we'll be talking a little bit about that in the classes. And so I had these dreams, these 10, 10 dreams, and I wrote them all down and I showed it to him about three days before the classes started. He started looking at him. He's like turning the pages. He's looking and looking at another one. Looking. He said, you dreamed the entire seminar. <laughs> the first dream is the first day. The second dream is the second day. <laughs> 
I said, does that mean I don't need to take the seminar? He said, nope, you need to take the seminar. <laughs> and I had no idea what the content of the seminar was. I just, uh, I just had these dreams. I wrote them down and there, there you go. So I guess in a way, my, my soul body, my higher self, my soul wanted to have better understanding or wanted me to have better understanding. So gave me the whole course 10 days before the whole course began. <laughs> I wish I could do that with learning another language. <laughs> yeah, you you've been studying Spanish in your dreams. Well, maybe you could. I don't know. If you ask to connect to that, and you ask your angels to connect. I to need that, to ask or my connect- angels for the the Spanish download for sure. Ask them to help you remember every lifetime when you spoke Spanish. I mean, I would settle well, you for might like wake- any any past life where I spoke a different language period if I could just add that to my repertoire of languages I think that'd be great well maybe but you know that could be a lot well you know you wake you you say that (laughs) you you say that that's all that's what you want but you could wake up speaking Aramaic and that's not that useful But then you could speak Aramaic. I mean, well, that's true. <laughs> I could have a whole different career in uh, language interpreting. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, pay attention, angels. Angie wants all the language ever spoken. <laughs> but, you know, you ask for it. If your angels are they're they're probably considering it now. I'm sure they're making a list. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask for the Spanish languages first, for sure. <laughs> probably a wise choice (laughs) (laughs) they're more relevant now but you know (laughs) yeah you come out wake up talking like a borneo tribesman or something you know could be interesting once you figured out whatever language that was but uh, i mean i still think it would be really cool if you come across someone that speaks that language now you have a complete way to communicate with somebody that you wouldn't have had a way to communicate with before well, that's true. That's true. I had a friend uh, from Poland and she made her living because she could speak so many languages as an interpreter. And she at one point, she was did some interpretation for head of state of certain countries in Europe. So it, it turned out to be a very good thing that she could speak all those languages. Yeah, I mean, I'll say it again. Most... Uh arguments are always from a miscommunication so there's a there's a lot of money into being an interpreter for many mm-hmm. different things so see si. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna put you in spanish classes you better start asking your angels <laughs> for a spanish download <laughs> i don't know uh i was the worst with languages when i was in brazil i remember i could telepath very easily with Bashinia. But when she would try to talk to me, say, like, we're going to go eat, you know, she'd be saying, Kumada, you know, come on, let's eat. And I'm like shaking my head. And she said one time, you are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) You are the worst. You've been here three times and you still can't speak a word. (laughs) But we were fine when we were just being telepathic with each other. So I felt that was good enough. but anyway yes ask your angels to help you remember whatever language of your choice those lifetimes is a good good chance if you have a desire to learn a language 
probably you have had a past life there. Yeah. So why not? Maybe like I woke up knowing how to make jewelry, you'll wake up with a 2,000 or 3,000 word vocabulary in Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't discriminate if I, you know, went to sleep and woke up with uh, a whole knowledge of woodworking or, you know, car mechanics. I would take it all. (laughs) Uh, I, I think that's great. And I actually have woke up with the skills in more than one one thing and um and some of them the, the amount of time i actually had remembering the dream was so tiny and then wow hey now i know how to do this yeah i think that there are a lot of people that they were picking up things from their dreams and from lucid dreams and past lives and they wake up and they just have a lot of knowledge and it doesn't match up with their education and it frustrates people around them. How can they know these things? You know, but uh, it's because they have a lucid ability mm-hmm. enough to bring it back with them. Mm-hmm. And again, it's it just makes the world more interesting. Yeah, I think more knowledge and understanding of anything is always makes it more interesting. I had some lucid dreams of the looking through the. Uh, blueprints for the Fabergé eggs the the very intricate drawings and pages of them of how and the layers when they were making these Fabergé eggs and I had these dreams for three or four days in a row and I thought why are you showing me this I'm never going to get to the point I'm going to be that kind of a jeweler I don't even have any kind of the resources to make anything like this and I don't remember these blueprints well enough to you know draw them out in the morning but it was interesting to have that kind of a dream yeah and they do say a lot of of things that have been invented often are invented by two people at the same time in different parts of the world and they it's a sort of a spontaneous knowing Hmm. and many inventors take cat naps go to sleep for a few minutes wake up and then they had this new insight so again a lot a lot of things are happening on the dream plane on the astral it's worth trying to connect to yeah what about those dreams where somebody you know is involved romantic partner friend or not is that i don't know something to be like take notice of or are these your thoughts or your desires or a mix? How can you tell which ones of those would be important or not? Well, I do. I did know this couple who started dating on the astral and they didn't know each other. They just started seeing each other on the astral. And then they've met in a church by accident and they got married within three or four days of when they met because they had this whole history in their dreams yeah so in that case they were that wasn't so much just a it wasn't a a dream that was metaphor or something like that they were actually just on the astral with another person right is there relevance to having people that you know or like a close friend or relative or you know significant other in a dream well these are as you said, significant other people, 
and you if you have similar psychic power and awareness there's no reason why you wouldn't necessarily be in a dream or interact when you're sleeping in your soul body uh-huh so it's it i wouldn't say i would never think that it's not real it's always real even if you're just having thought forms with each other it's because you're interacting you're attracting that attention because you know each other you're close to each other but also to have them actually be doing something with you walking you know through a grove of trees or whatever you want to do on that would not be uh, something i would be suspect of or or find to be strange or unusual it would be very usual uh-huh and you know i had this one time when I felt very uncomfortable and um, because I was surrounded by these people and I wasn't sure if they were real people or not. And I felt very nervous about it uh, on the astral. And I had been taking these Sufi lessons and all of a sudden my Sufi teacher just showed up and said, do you want to leave here? Do you want to come with me? We'll get out of here. So he probably sensed my unease and he was sleeping or, astral traveling possibly in meditation and he just showed up next to me and i said sure let's go and then i just woke up so it's not unusual to have something like that happen uh-huh. i guess for some people listening to this they'll go what are you talking about that's very unusual <laughs> but it's not that unusual for me and once you become more more conscious of what you're doing in your dreams and on the astral that wouldn't be something to be think is strange yeah I guess I find when I do dream of someone I know and then I go and tell them like hey I had a dream about you last night you know we were hanging out at the park or whatever they kind of go like oh like you know how weird or you know that was really cool but then it's not like they're having the same dream or they don't remember it Uh uh-huh or they don't remember it because the memory is different I have had and I've talked about this I think I have had people say, you came to me, you told me this, you told me that. I even had one woman practically attack me. She said, knock it off. You keep coming to me. You keep telling me to behave. You keep telling me not to drink anymore. I don't <laughs> want to hear it anymore. <laughs> and, you know, and I look at this girl and I guess I looked at her like she was crazy because I was like, dude, I don't even know you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> so i probably was doing that i have assignments that the the angels tell me to do things from time to time and uh so maybe they're saying look up watch out for her Uh you know maybe she was my child or something in a past life you know i don't know yeah but i don't discount it and that's the main thing don't discount you have an experience and don't immediately discount it and to some degree don't tell people your dreams because if you tell them i dreamed you know i dreamed i saw this deer across the valley and you know we we connected and we we had this telepathy behind us between us some people will just shoot that down yeah They'll say well that never happened and that's really weird and you're strange and deer don't do that and you know and you have something that you've learned that's something that's valuable and there's some teaching in there for you. It's there for you and it's important for your 
progression and your soul and your spirit. And if you lay it out there for someone else who has no sense of what it is to, to make a judgment on, it, it makes the whole thing kind of cloudy and kind of bad. And you don't want that. Yeah, that's good advice. Keep those special things for your journal or close to your heart and let them be with you for a while before you, you know, go and tell everybody what you just saw or what you just oh, dreamed. Mm-hmm. Okay, last question. I find that I always wake up at the same time every night. Is there any significance in that? It's damned annoying. It's damned annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up between three o'clock and three ten, almost without exception. Yeah, almost every single night. Not every every single night, but probably at least five five nights out of the week. Yeah. And for a long time, I thought, okay, this is because I'm supposed to meditate. So I got up, got out of bed, put on clothes, sat in a chair, meditated for two hours. Um, that was probably really good for me, but I don't think that's what it's all about. I is just there are times when there's a lot of quiet in the world and it's a it's a time when it's very it's a good time to be able to focus and you wake up because there's this kind of quietness and it's kind of like i i call it angel time it's a good Mm -hmm. time to be able to connect without a lot of mental activity Uh uh-huh and it seems to be around you know around three o'clock yeah, I find it's always between like 2 and 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Around that time. Yeah. And I have not been able to prevent that from happening. It still continues to happen. So I don't know. Yeah, I think another time I think you it, said that that was a, a really psychically active period of the it, night. It's a good time for you to be psychically active. But they're not. there's not on, if you think about where you live, probably around 3 o'clock. The night shift's not on. The you know people aren't quite awake yet. It's a quiet time in terms of mental activity of the general population. Uh huh. So it's a good time if you want to be in a in a clear space to be able to meditate or to, to contemplate or whatever you're going to do. That's a good time. <laughs> well, <laughs> or go back to tell my body that it's not a good time <laughs> to be mentally active would be better tell your angels it's not a good time <laughs> just say hey i'd rather be learning dutch than awake at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah say that again I said, tell your angels I'd rather be learning Dutch than be awake at three in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the deal. Yeah. We want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, click that link in the podcast description. Send us a voice message. Tell us how to not wake up in the middle of the night. That sounds great. <laughs> Share a dream with us. Uh, whatever you would like to say, come on and say it. That's right. Well, like always, thanks for sharing your knowledge with us. And um, we're going to be taking a break for a little bit. And then, you know, start these conversations back up with you in a month or two. All right. Until then, go back, re-listen to all the other episodes. Call us in. 
and uh, look forward to hearing from you all. Very much so.